Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Ace Ball, and you can find my writing, my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. And we have our co-host, Raymond Atherton here, and you can find him on Twitter at Raymond Atherton with some little squiggly tildes like we talked about last time. <laughs> Um, so we're going to keep this one as a shorty. We're going to get into the winter meetings a little bit. Today's the priming day really for the winter meetings because they start tomorrow. I guess it's travel day. So probably not much is going to go down today. I would think, even though I'm sitting here on my phone, refreshing MLB trade rumors and Twitter, like the world is about to end. So, uh, we're, on the lookout for some big news to happen because tomorrow is the first day of the winter meetings. It goes from Sunday through Wednesday. So we've got a big four day period of likely some more action after a couple big moves the other day, which we're going to get into on the podcast. Some interesting tidbits of the winter meetings is Tuesday is the first ever MLB draft lotto. So I don't know about you, Raymond, but uh, like NBA draft lotto is pretty cool to tune into, right? So yeah. um, maybe the draft lotto will bring some excite- more excitement to the MLB draft. We've been seeing the MLB try to promote the draft and like some of their prospect stuff more. So I think that's kind of cool. How about you? Oh, sorry. Um, I just hope it kind of dissuades tanking but um do you know if they're gonna have like celebrities like the nba draft ben wallace was the one who got the the one pick for the pistons most recently or two I, years ago i guess i don't yeah i don't know but they sweet. should yeah yeah that's what they should do i mean it's i think it's in vegas right like the winter meetings i think it's in vegas um i might be wrong on that maybe i think the gm meetings were in vegas let me check real quick the winter meetings are do, do, do in San Diego. Oh, they're in San Diego. So great location there. Um, that'd San be actually, Diego. they could get celebrities. I mean, like, that'd be cool if they got like a, like a movie star or whatever, who's a fan of each team to come and grab the, whatever, you know, like the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies obviously are in the lotto, but they had Miles Teller or whatever at all their games. Like everyone's talking about Miles Teller at their games. Oh, yeah. Like every, everyone's Trump. got like, yeah, everyone's got their big fans. So they could always get like their, their star player or whatever, or, or uh, Hall of Famer, like a team Hall of Famer or some celebrity who's a fan of the team to come pull the ball. That'd be cool. I don't know if they're doing that, though. I mean, most um, of these teams are just like uh, Hall of Famers or famous people working in their organization. They wouldn't have to try too hard. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. bring, bring them with them. They should, though. That'd be cool. And then Wednesday, we have the Rule 5 draft, which – is usually not honestly that interesting. I mean, you never really see all 30 teams take someone. You'll see usually like five, six guys get picked in the Rule 5 draft, and half of them don't even stick. And then the, those who do, like, a lot of the times they have regression. I mean, like, the biggest name that I can think of in the Rule 5 draft is your boy Akil Badu, right? Yeah. And he was I mean, good like, for what, like, half a season? Yeah, he was good when he was actually forced to play. And then last year they were able to get creative because they kept him for the year. So they had the opportunity to 
let him go, like to bring him down because they couldn't do that the first year when they drafted him. He's stuck on the team. That's one of the the interesting things about Rule Five is that like if you pick someone in the Rule Five draft, they have to stay on your team the whole year. And if you drop them from your major league roster, then basically you lose them. Uh, they go back to their original team. So when the Tigers took Badu, they had to keep him up that whole first year. And then last year they were able to bring him down when he was struggling. So um, he's kind of like, I guess, the face of the Rule 5, I would say, uh, in recent years. So yeah, I can't uh, there's a little primer about the winter meetings. Obviously, big news, Jacob deGrom signing a five, possibly six-year deal with the Texas Rangers. What are your thoughts on that? Were, were you predicting that? Weren't you predicting that one? Yeah, I think on the first pod we recorded, I said I wanted him to go to the Rangers. So I'm glad it actually happened. Um, I mean, I like it as a guy who wants the Rangers to do well. But in terms of fantasy value, I think when these stud guys change places, there's, I mean, a net change of maybe like a pick or two. Like there's there's not a lot of value to change. He's still going to be a top, top 24 pick. He's still going to be a top 10 starting pitcher. He still has number one upside. It just all depends on the health. Yeah. I mean, we're not at our starting pitcher rankings yet. We'll get there after outfielders. But um, I did his ranking last night, actually, in my F scores. And his F score, even though his durability is, like, super low. He How low is it? The best. it? It's, like, 71 or something like that. Uh but he still ended up having the best F score. He's still like a 136, which is so the highest. I, I <laughs> but I'm to... not, not going to rank him number one, though. I think I, I think I, I was playing with it last night, and I put him at like number four, number five, just because it's like too. It's very risky, right? Like if you draft Degrom, probably in the second round, you're looking at second or third round. If you draft Degrom, second, like he's probably going to go in the second round. So if you draft Degrom in the second. You almost definitely have to draft another starter in the third or fourth, right? Like, if if you're drafting Degrom, don't you have to kind of like pair him with someone more reliable? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wrote this down because I wanted to bring it up. He's missed forty nine percent of Mets games over the last three years, and he's made thirty eight starts in three seasons. Like his F score for durability should be four nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll see when we get to the starters, most of the guys I've I've recognized kind of a, a pattern that most of the guys who are coming off Tommy John are at like 50 is their durability, right? The guys who pitch 200 innings are at like 120. Okay. Um, and then the guys who pitch like 160 innings are at like, they're, they're even, they're at like 100 on durability, like 150, 160 innings. Um, that's kind of what it's evened out to. Uh, but DeGrom, because he didn't get Tommy John and he's been playing a little bit of each season, that's why he's at like 70-something, the lowest, which is – you're going to like this. the Because I did this ranking last night too. The lowest durability – do you want to guess who it is? (laughs) I've only ranked ranked like 110 pitchers so far. Uh, But you want to guess who the lowest durability is? It's not DeGrom. No, it's not DeGrom. When you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. But throw, throw a it? shot out there. It's, Dude, it's Steven Strasburg. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, Dude, has, I don't even have a guess. His, his durability is 11. 
He's so <laughs> far removed from my like brain of baseball players that. Yeah, he yeah he he has like twelve innings pitched or something like that over the last three years, so his durability score is like eleven. Well, he had uh, obviously obviously the career right? innings, the career innings have helped him because he does have like enough of a track record of having a career in pitching that like that's where all his the basis of his durability score falls back on, and obviously that's going to help Degrom too, right? Because like Degrom was healthy for like five or six years in a row. And everyone was like, oh, the, you probably remember, like, two, three years ago, everyone's like, oh, DeGrom is going to be healthy because he was a shortstop coming up through the minors, and he didn't start pitching until he was 25 or whatever. So that's why he's going to be healthy, and he's not going to need Tommy John and all this stuff. You remember remember everyone talking about that back in, like, 2019? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, DeGrom is obviously – I think anyone would say DeGrom is the best pitcher of baseball when he's healthy. Right, so his his I mean, whole fantasy value is just where's his health going to be? Uh, Texas is actually a better pitcher's park than New York, so that's good news for him. He's moving to a better pitcher's park. Defensively, I want to say defensively that Texas is also a better team than New York. Um, so better defense, better pitcher's park. Um, you know, and then one of the things too, about you, you see the Mets were not given a chance to counter Texas's offer. What do you think about that? It's probably just good negotiating by the, whoever his agent is, Scott Boris, I assume like, um, or no, I guess it would be good negotiating by the Rangers. Like, yeah, sure. We'll go to five years, but don't call the Mets back. Yeah. Because the Mets have come out and said that they would match that offer. Yeah, and that's probably ex- exactly why the Rangers, whoever Dayton Moore, whoever it is, making these decisions was like, "Sure, we'll go, we'll go even to the sixth year if you want, but don't call the Mets because they they probably knew he'd <laughs> go back there." Yeah, and Dude. the other thing to consider: be, him going to Texas, there's no state income tax. Yeah, so he's yeah. like New York. I think New York. I might be wrong on this, uh, but I think New York has the second highest state income tax to California. I wouldn't be uh, surprised. I want to say. I might be wrong on that, though. But Texas, no state income tax. So more money that DeGrom gets to keep at the end of the day. Uh, you have anything else on DeGrom before we move to the next thing? I just wanted to list off the injuries he's dealt with the last three years because there's even more than I remember. He had neck problems, back problems, a hamstring injury, an oblique injury, that elbow last year, forearm last year, and shoulder issues. So it's like I don't think I will draft him at all. It's just it's a lot of 12, arm stuff. The 12 sure. starts you get I just aren't worth the 25 that you don't get. Yeah, it's going to depend – also on format like if you're playing a best ball then degrom you could still you could just draft degrom all day still if you're playing best ball i guess that's um, true. or if you have il spots right i don't think it's that a makes little a easier difference. to draft him if you have il spots it, it, for me it is i if i in nfbc like in tgfbi i'm not going to touch him because i have no il spots and like we talked about on one of our podcasts before i had that one I did a draft champions where 
I picked DeGrom and Acuna. I picked Acuna first and DeGrom second last year, and I got smoked in that league. It's like the only league I didn't t- finish a top three in out of all my leagues last year. So I got smoked in that one. Um, not fun. <laughs> all right. Next thing, uh, Jesse Winker and Colton Wong. And my reaction to this trade is I friggin' love it for Seattle because I watched Colton Wong play for the Cardinals for like seven or eight years. And I love Colty. Like that dude is fucking gamer, right? I'm going to bleep that out now. But like, I love Colty. Uh, <laughs> Winker, Winker's a wanker, right? Like, Dude is is kind of a he's got some something going on. He got in that fight or whatever last year, flipping off fans. Uh, his own team hated him. <laughs> it's like the word on the street. Like they're like this dude doesn't even work out. Like Hanniger, like they they were comparing to Hanniger, and they're like Hanniger is a team leader. He he get, he gets in the locker, he gets in the weight room, he's lifting every day. Like Winker doesn't even like do any pregame prep work at all. Like he doesn't prep, he doesn't work out he just like comes and shows up and like so um to me when i see this trade and i'll let you analyze it after me but like from from a real world standpoint awesome move for the mariners because now they're gonna have a really tight middle infield defense between crawford and wong that's like a very good defense in the middle infield uh and they have a lot of nice pitching and then they've got J-Rod in center. So they've got a really strong up-the-middle defense on this team now. I still think that the Mariners, even though there's all these Hanager to Red Sox rumors, I think that the Mariners are still going to try to bring Hanager back now, especially that they now that they moved Winker, they could bring Hanager back and have uh, some sort of DH corner outfield combo of Hanager, Teoscar, and Kalenic, right? Uh, they they want to try to work. They're going to want to try to work Klenic in there, unless Depoto trades him. For all we know, Depoto's going to trade Klenic. Like <laughs> Depoto may not be done. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we never know, Jerry. So, um, so I I really love the move for Seattle because Wong is awesome defensively. He's still going to pitch in Homer steals hit two forty to two sixty, and then from the Brewers standpoint, I see this as a buy low on Weaker, where they're going to hope that Weaker comes and turns it back around uh, at a good hitting ballpark, and then they just trade him at the deadline. They're just going to try to flip him, I think. It's like when the A's uh, when the A's brought in Matt Holiday for like half a season, and then they just traded him to the Cardinals. And people forget about that. People forget that Matt Holiday was on the A's. Like, he was on mm-hmm. the A's for like half a year, and then he just got flipped over to the Cardinals. And I think that's what they're going to do with Winker, is they're just going to flip him. Um, and talking about the A's, like I said this on Twitter, but like the Brewers right now remind me so much of the early 2000s A's. Like to me, if you look at the Brewers, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta is exactly like Hudson, Zito, Mulder, right? And then this whole, like I said, like Matt Holiday, Winker comparison. And then I guess you've got like a Adames Tejada thing where they might trade Adames, they might sign them long term. I don't know. They these to me they look like the early two thousands A's, like some of the weird types of flip flop moves they're doing. Moving haters like them moving Isringhausen days when they moved Isringhausen. So I don't know. Uh what are your thoughts on this real world and 
and fancy. I've been talking too much. <laughs> I I definitely think you have a um, solo podcast thoughts still, where you just need to talk for an hour. Um, I think I think it's a good for both teams. I think the Brewers did it because they traded one starter for two. They'll probably play Toro at second base, who they also got in this trade most of the time, or at least a platoon. Um, I think Winker was hurt last year. Depoto was talking recently, and he implied that he played through a, a neck injury. And, I mean, he had knee and neck surgery in the offseason. So I think you're exactly right that um, they, they'll they probably flip him at the deadline if he stays healthy. So um, Yeah, and Toro might be more of a utilities piece, I think, because I've been hearing a lot about Bryce Terang. Yeah, dude, he's supposed to be good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, worst case, he's supposed to be like gold glove defense. Yeah. Um, he's a shortstop, and they have Adames. So that's kind of why I think they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Adames, right? They're like, okay, all right, do we want to sign him long-term or do we want to trade him? So I think one of the one, one or the other is going to happen this offseason. I think either he's going to sign some big extension with them or they're going to trade him. It's going to be one or the other. Then they're going to figure out, okay, can, are we going to play Terang at short or second based on that? Um, yeah. I will say who's Cole, the Brewers' third baseman? I can't even think of who's their third baseman. I have no idea. You keep talking. I'll pull up roster resource. Yeah. I mean, they've got Rowdy at first. And then uh, – I will say Colton Wong had a much better year last year than I even remember. He was flirting with – being a 2020 guy, 15 homers, 17 steals. Yeah, he, and he, he, he only had 430 at bats, still. Yeah, he, he does that. He, he does. He puts up solid numbers every year. He kind of just hides for fantasy. Like he's really, really he's pretty Julio solid. Julio Urias, like middle infield type. Oh yeah, Urias. That's right. Okay, so they're they're locked in the third. That Urias is pretty good. Um, yeah. So maybe Toro becomes like a utility guy. And they bring Terang up if they don't. This makes even Adames. more sense that they uh, they traded Wallingland because they just have way too many infielders. Yeah, they will have way too many outfielders too. They still have now. They brought in Winker, who's probably going to DH. Then they've got Yelich. Yeah, he'll probably DH. They, they have Garrett Mitchell. They have Astori Ruiz. Then they have Frelick and and Weimer in the minors, and they have Jackson. That's not even including Jackson Churio, who. I, I know – I don't think he's coming up next year. I mean, he's like 20, and people are, have been talking him up so much. But I would be very shocked if the Brewers, who are making all these financial moves right now, brought him up next year. I think he's 2024. So I would not be drafting Jackson Churio, expecting to get anything out of him in 2023. Okay, uh, last thing we wanted to hit on, unless you have other comments in regards to this deal – I kind of like, from a fantasy perspective, I guess I like this for Winker. Um, I don't know if I'm drafting him, but I, I like that for this move for Winker. Wong is moving to a worse ballpark, so you're probably going to see the home runs drop. Uh, he might be only like a 12 home run guy or something, somewhere in that range. But you might also see more speed because we've seen the Mariners let guys run, right? Like we saw them let Julio run last year. And they only have Wong is on a one year deal, so they're probably going to be very comfortable letting Wong run and let him 
run rather than Julio because Julio is on the big deal. They want him to get hurt, right? Like, so maybe they'll let Wong be the the guy who's trying to snag some extra bags. So I would see Wong's homers go down. His steals might go up. And I think this is just all good things for Winker. Uh, hopefully he gets his crap together and, like, starts training and, like, prepping. I mean, like, he signed a long-term deal, so he doesn't really need to. He could just, like, take, it, take the money to the bank and, like, be one of those guys. But it just depends on what kind of person he wants to be, I guess, moving forward, what kind of teammate he wants to be. Yeah, I just hope he's healthy. I'd, I'd like to see him healthy because that one 2021 year he had was – that was his first year where he balled out like that. He had 305, 24 home runs, 950 OPS. Like, was that a fluke or is he is he that type of player when he's healthy? So I might draft him in a deep five outfielder – a 12-team five outfielder league because, as we've talked about, outfield kind of falls off a cliff. I mean, there's definitely worse guys you can take a flyer on in the – 150s 200s 200 round range so yeah yeah for sure and i mean his good years were all at great americans ballpark so we got to take that into account but milwaukee is a good milwaukee's pretty tiny too so yeah it's pretty solid and he'll Uh, still be playing in great american small park being in that central i mean not as much because of the whole inner the the new rules thing but yeah uh, last thing we wanted to talk about was there are some Trey Turner to San Diego rumors that you showed me the other day. You, you want to expand on those a little bit? Yeah, I guess he, they've met in person twice, which is nothing to scoff at. So they they must be pretty serious about bringing him in, which my first thought was that means they're going to have to play Tatis in the outfield. But I don't yeah, – I mean, so that might be good for sense. his health if that's yeah. a concern. Yeah, that makes more sense exactly to keep him healthy, uh, especially considering he got the shoulder surgery. So who knows how his arm's going to be? They have the DH too. Oh yeah. They don't. They don't have a DH right now because they they cleared that up when they moved Hosmer and all the they, they moved. They don't have Will Myers anymore. They don't have Hosmer anymore. Uh, they don't have Voight, so they don't have a DH. So Tatis could always DH if they're worried about injury and or throwing or something with him. The other thing too, when they're if they're going to talk about Trey is going to approach near three hundred million, right? He might not get it, but he's going to be close to that. They already have Machado, Antatis is three hundred million dollar guys, and Soto. If they ever if they want to keep Soto, if they plan to keep him beyond the two years that they have left of his contract, they're going to have to keep that in the back of his mind, at the in the back of their mind. If they sign Trey Turner and keep Tatis, then they're not going to be re-signing Soto. They're not going to have that kind of money. And they just signed Musgrove to a pretty big deal too, right? So, um, I think if they I mean, sign Turner, that would all but mean they can't re-sign Soto, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. That's my point, is that if they bring in Turner, they will not be able to re-sign Soto. But Soto might be – I don't know who Soto's agent is, but he might be one of those guys that's just going to hit free agency regardless. They're not going to yeah. put an offer in front of him that he's going to accept. Um the other thing, too, is to consider is if they're going to bring Trey in, what if they're going to trade Tatis? Because I saw some rumors out there that Tatis might be on the trade block. But it's just like, what kind of return would you have to get for Tatis? Like, you'd have to get such a ridiculous return if you're the Padres. 
like one step down from the Soto deal. But if you're the Padres, why would you trade him? He just got suspended. He's like you said, he's coming off his shoulder surgery. Like his value is probably, uh, in theory, the lowest it's ever going to be. I guess it could get worse, but I don't know why you would the trade only- your your franchise bilingual player who. Everyone the only loves. reason that they would trade him is if it's a locker room problem thing. Yeah, or they're mad. They're not mad. They're disappointed or they don't think he's a professional or whatever. Yeah, which they they commented about <laughs> that after the whole steroid thing came out, right? Like you saw Dude, what comments was that? from some of the teammates that were Who very negative. I don't know if it was their manager or AJ Preller, but they're like, what do you want to see from Tatis when he comes back? And he just literally, whoever was given this interview, literally just goes, I want to see my field. Yeah. I think it was Preller. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Preller was talking bad about him. Preller is like, was like this, he's immature. He was like, he was like, like Preller was definitely like talking negatively about his character. And a part of that might be like, hey, we're just trying to get him to like fix yeah. himself. But then a part I mean, of that might also be like, what if Machado is just done with him? You know what I mean? Like you, they paid Machado a lot of money, and they paid Tatis a lot of money. And if they don't, they're not going to work together. They're going to have to pick one. Machado was an MVP finalist, so you know Machado's also ten years be, older. Yeah, he. Uh, five years older, I think. I think mean, Machado is still not even. Is he even thirty or he's yeah, turning thirty? He's 30. Yeah, he's, he's – I mean, guys like that make me feel old. <laughs> uh, I'll be 31 soon. I feel you. Yeah, I'm 35. So, like, it's funny because, like, I'm, like, this, I'm actually older than Paul Goldschmidt by, by like, a couple of years. And it's just, Tatis like – Tatis is 23. Yeah, he's a baby. He came up young. So, their thing is going to be – if they traded to Tease, it would be a locker room thing for sure. But if they trade to Tease, what would they have to get for him? Who like, touched that contract? We were, we were spitballing a little before we started the 14. podcast, and I was like, maybe Corbin Burns, like a Burns for Tease trade. If they feel like they There's can't bring in another pitcher, take that money. He's owed $340 million over the next 14 years. Yeah, but what if that's why Milwaukee's that's, shedding all this payroll? What if that's why they traded so, Wong and Renfro is so that so they can clear some room crazy. for Tatis? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, who are who are real-world people that could be traded for Tatis? There's not many. There are, there are many players that have that kind of value out there that could be traded for. I don't think for. they can. Yeah. It'd be a rough one. Um, well, if you have, do you have any parting parting thoughts before we we wrap? Well, up and the you pod? never, you hardly ever see like massive star trades like that. Yeah. Oh look, Orioles just signed Kyle Gibson to a one year deal. I saw that. I don't tremendously care. No, number five starter, right? Like basically, he's going to be Jordan. That means maybe they're yeah. not going to bring Jordan Lyles back. It's just their Jordan Lyles for this year. I still think they're going to try to get a top-end starter. I think it would be smart for them to still try to get a guy like Chris Bassett or something on that team, like a like a top – a guy who can be like a Let's number one, number two go. type starter for them and, and be a vet. 
Yeah, they need they need some experience in that locker room. Yeah, I'm not I sure just think like it'd be good the Orioles, but I know it's not going to happen. Oh. Maybe Dan's <laughs> if, maybe Dansby will go. They just have too many. I think I think they have too many good middle infielders. Um, yeah, that's the problem. They've got too many middle infield prospects. I think in the, what makes the most sense for them would be to bring in like a corner outfield hitter, like vet, or uh, top of the line starting pitcher. Because they've got a lot of young pitching. Grayson Rodriguez, T.L. Hall. Um, bring in like a vet to show these guys the way. You know what I mean? Like that's why I like Chris. I think Chris Bassett would be such a good fit for the Orioles. But um, anywho, I guess let's wrap it up. We we're trying to keep this one to be a shorty. We already went almost half an hour, so um, we'll get back next week. I guess we'll be potting. We'll, you want to shoot for Thursday again? We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about it on the, on air. You want to shoot for Thursday? Thursday? You want to shoot for Saturday? We'll try to do like a post uh, winter meetings. Maybe we'll do two. You want to do one that's like uh, real world, like post winter meetings thoughts, and then we'll do we'll do our outfield podcast maybe on the weekend. Then maybe we'll shoot for like a winter meetings one on Thursday. Sound good to you? Did I lose you? All right, I think I lost Raymond. So we'll wrap this up. Uh, oh, now you're back. I was going to say, we'll, we'll wrap this up and we'll talk about the pod afterwards. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we lost some connection here. So, anyway, uh, for the Fantasy Aceball podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball. You can find Raymond on Twitter at Raymond Atherton. Check us out. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll probably bring two pods your way next week. We'll talk about that off there. Peace.